Uh, a few weeks ago, I was traveling. Uh, I went to Minnesota for a church thing. Traveling back, it was a Friday, uh, Minnesota to Chicago, and uh, delays. Uh, you know, just if you guys have ever traveled, it's never easy or fun uh, to fly. Uh, and so, flying and whatnot. I fly Southwest uh, because I like back packing two bags and bringing my body pillow with me wherever I go. Uh, it's kind of just a thing I do. So I love Southwest. I love that you can get two free uh, bags with them. And so, one thing about Southwest is you have to. Uh, you don't like get an assigned seat. You get A, B, or C group, and then you can like pick your seat. Uh, and so Ava so graciously uh, got me, checked me in uh, 24 hours before, and got me C group. Uh, which on Southwest means just see yourself to a middle seat. Uh, and so uh, I, I got delayed and whatnot. I'm kind of just like ready to get into that last, that last leg of the trip and uh, get to my seat. Uh, it's a middle seat and uh, ready to put my, my AirPods in and just kind of take a nap. And uh, very, very honestly to goodness, true story, I sit down and uh, put my AirPods in and the lady next to me is reading a book. Do you want to know the book she's reading? The book that she's reading is entitled How to Talk to Strangers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I went, oh my goodness. Uh, and so, uh, true story, 100% true story. Uh, and then they get on and Southwest does, like every plane, does that like, well, here's how you fashion the seatbelt. Here's what you do in case of emergency, all those things. And uh, uh, cue number two was uh, that she was laughing at all of their jokes and having uh, what she thought was a two-way conversation, what was really a one-way conversation, uh, talking with them. And I was like, I am... Uh, in for it. Uh, and so, uh, but if you have flown Southwest, you know that that is part of their, like, their spiel, their kind of their stick. Uh, they bring in humor uh, into the friendly skies, uh, and that's one of, their, one of their bits, one of the things they do. And did you know that Southwest makes that opening bit uh, comical on purpose, intentionally? Uh, at the time, I was actually reading a book uh, called um, uh, Power of Moments or something like that. And, uh, and after I flew, uh, it was like maybe that night when I was driving back from the airport, it had mentioned that Southwest does that intentionally. And, here, and here's why. Because they can see you sign up, for, you get a plane, and then you go, they can see who go, how often people fly. Uh, and they saw that early on, when, they, when a flight attendant was funny, uh, however they did that in a survey, they looked at the surveys, when they saw that a flight attendant was funny, and that was mentioned in the survey, that the people that flew on that specific plane took a half a trip, a half a trip more on average per year. And they extrapolated that out and said, if we could double that number, that would be profitable up to $110 million a year if that 0.5 average went to a 1 average. And so they intentionally now, every single trip, they try to add humor into the flight by shifting their focus to people and being funny and having that equate to more people coming on the trip. Today, what I hope to do is I hope to look at Romans chapter 8 now, uh, and I want us to shift our focus to something that I think is incredibly profitable, our new life in Christ Jesus. What I want us to think about today is that better life in Christ Jesus, and what, what happens when we say yes to relationship with Jesus, that be, what, what is better about us? is insanely and internally profitable. And so we've been looking at this, this, this series called Next Chapter. We were just in the chapter of Romans 7. Uh, Josh and I both preached in that. And you guys remember like Romans 7, how much of a downer it was? Like, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Why don't I do the things that I know I want to do? Like, oh man, there's this old dead me. And the way that the old dead me is described is like, 
man, it kind of feels like the current me, and this is a bummer. And like, man, like, you read Romans 7, you're like, I am a terrible person. Okay, great. Now can you say it with me? Turn the page. Can you say next chapter? And so we're going to go from what is the old, what should be the old reality of us to this new, uh, new chapter, this turning the page to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at well, this freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, the new and the better you and I, and how we get to live that out now, this better version of really Christ in us. And so before we open up Romans chapter 8, would you guys pray with me? God, Lord, we get to be here every seven days. Um, but Father, we get to be your church every single day. And um, Father, th this is something where we have an organized hour, but Lord, um, for this to matter, it has to be more than an hour, doesn't it? Um, Holy Spirit, don't you want more of us than this, this moment? But Father, I know that you will use this moment. And so Father, I I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you transform this moment to be a, a holy moment where you transform our thinking, our minds, our hearts. Uh, Father, would you help us to leave here um, looking to be a little bit more like Jesus? Um, and would we consider that good? Uh, we love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Here's what uh, Romans, how it starts off in Romans chapter 8, what Nicole was reading a little bit ago. There, there is therefore now, 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 right now in this moment, no condemnation for those who are in their own efforts. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free. In Christ Jesus, from the law of sin and death, two laws at play, we've looked at that. Go back and look at the last two sermons. For God has done, has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in what? The likeness of sinful flesh. Wasn't sinful himself, but was in the likeness of uh, and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement requirement, wages of sin, requirement, a way that the law might be fulfilled in us for who walked not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now we look at that. We say, now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet we, we understand that we've said yes to Jesus. We have the freedom of Jesus inside of us. And we understand, hey, Jesus does not condemn us, but don't, aren't there times we fail to please God. We do things that we know are not pleasing to God. And you know what happens in that moment? The feelings of condemnation flow from that place. You're free in Christ. Not to go and now work to be holy. What Josh mentioned last week was that word sanctification. There is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now work very hard at being holy. That's not what he says. That wouldn't be good news. The good news is that Jesus has done everything for us. The good news is that there is no modifier before condemnation. The good news is that Jesus paid it all mostly. The good news is that Jesus paid it all. Y'all remember that old song? Jesus paid it all, all to him, him I owe. All means all. Jesus covered it all. You are not 95% forgiven. Praise God that you are 100% forgiven. 
forgiven because Jesus lived a perfect life that you and I could not live. And then he died the life He died the death we should have died. And so there is this replacement where we get all of the righteousness of Jesus Christ because Jesus fully took on everything that we should have taken on. And so there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. So here's the sad truth about that. If you don't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. The condemnation is still in play, but not for those that are in Christ Jesus. So to the Christians in this room, here's as we turn this page, here's what I want you and I to dwell on. Everything we have in Christ Jesus. And as we dwell on Christ, we don't fear judgment. We don't fear condemnation. The result of that is that you and I have been made holy, been made perfect, and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and now we walk as people of the Spirit and not people of the flesh. Here's what I want you to remember today, and I'm going to give you a little, this is going to be a four-point sermon over two weeks. Uh, And so this is going to be the same thought for the next two weeks. We're going to cover the four points over the next two weeks. The first two, but our big thought for these next two weeks is simply this. New you is a better you. The new you in Christ Jesus is a better you. It's the real you in Christ Jesus. It's the you and I that we always should have been, but now we get to be in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to look at four ways to today and how this better you can live out in every single day life. Here's what this results in. The first thing that Paul will show us is that it results in better thinking. Here's where Paul goes. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, their thinking on things of the flesh. They dwell on what they can't have. They dwell on what they want. They dwell on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. I get to serve. I get to read God's Word. I get to pray with people. I get to love my my wife in the name of Jesus Christ. I get to do these things. I set my mind on what I get to do in Christ Jesus. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what are we to dwell on? We're to dwell and to focus in on Jesus Christ. We're supposed to dwell and focus in on not the flesh, but in in the spirit. Who do you belong to? Who do I belong to? Well, if we are in Christ, we belong to Jesus Christ. So who are we to focus in on? We're focusing in on who we belong to. We belong to Jesus. If you want to focus in on the flesh, let let, let me remind you what Josh had, had brought out last week. The flesh? Well, that's rebellion. The flesh is darkness. The flesh is death. The flesh is things that do not belong to God. That's, that's the old you. That's the dead life. That's, that's not a life of obedience. That's the life of I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. The life of the spirit is I get to, I get to, I get to walk with my Jesus. One of the things that what I love about Paul in this moment, he does this in other areas, but in this very moment, you know what he doesn't do when he talks about like death and life and flesh and spirit? He doesn't say, okay, hey, if you want to do this, here's all the things you should not do. Here's a list of all the disgusting sins that you need to avoid. 
Now, there's other places where he will list sins, but right now, what Paul is driving at is an attitude, a way of being, a way of living, a way of thinking. And as you and I have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, you and I are walking in the midst of a broken world. And as we walk with the perfection of Christ in a broken world, it's not about don't, 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 don't. Here's the question for us. Who's going to be in control? Who's going to have control of the life that you are walking here on this planet? You want to walk around and try to earn your holiness? That's fool's gold. Because you've already failed. I've already failed. You can't obtain perfection. You and I will always fall short to try to earn holiness. That's the old fleshly way of thinking. That's the old you of way of thinking. But, but here in the Christian world, though, we'll, we'll bring in some of that thinking here. And it's not the right attitude, but hey, like some of that thinking would say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Have you heard that? It sounds so pretty and tweetable. <laughs> but it's proud to the bone. That's the old way of thinking. There's a way for rugged individualism. There's a way for that go, go to, get to, like that, like, I'm going to take the hill, like in business and maybe in the army or the military. There is a place for that. But in the Christian walk, no. God helps those, period. God helps people. God did what we were incapable of doing. When we come to the end of ourselves, we will find Jesus, that you are freed to be, not freed to try. One of the things that Josh uh, said last week, he brought up Nutter Butters. Now, Nutter Butters isn't like my, uh, my thing that I like to go to, uh, but mint, anything with mint in it is my thing. I, uh, you put mint ice cream uh, before me. Uh, Mike and I have talked. If there's ice cream in my house, it lasts five minutes. It doesn't matter what the quantity of ice cream Five minutes is the cap life of any ice cream, especially mint, in my house. Uh, so I, I battle. If I, when you want to talk about the flesh and my sinful nature, I battle every single day with trying to be healthy. I battle every single day with if I let myself go the way I want to go, I will be Jabba the Hutt or whatever that, dude, that fat dude in Star Wars was. Uh, I will just eat, 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 uh, and not work out ever. I have to focus on doing and being healthy because it does not come naturally to me. And so a few weeks ago, I've been battling all year to try to get healthier, get healthier, get healthier. And so the way I handled it was I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. Here's everything I cannot do, or here's the things that I should do. That whole battle of everything Josh was talking about last week. Have you been there? I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. Okay? So I battled that. I woke up one morning and was like, I am just livid with myself. I keep trying, 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 and I can't do it. And uh, so I got off of social media. I stopped doing a few things to kind of refocus myself. And then I was reading this book called The Power of Change by Craig Rochelle. And one of the things he says in that book is stop using the word try. He says, replace it with the word train. And so, because training kind of insinuates defeat, training or uh, trying insinuates defeat, training or trying says like, "Ah, I might, let's see if this works out, that type of a thing. And so I was like, well, I'm turning 40 this year and I want to do something epic uh, on my 40th birthday that can just to prove that I can, uh, like run in the woods for a lot of miles and and whatnot. And Ava thinks it's stupid, but I'm going to do it. And, uh, And so... 
uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to train for an ultra marathon. I'm going to, I'm going to stop trying to be healthy. I'm going to train for something physical. And, and that way, if I'm going to do that and be effective in that, that everything else will work out. And it's made all the difference in the world in, in, my, in my eating, in my, in my working out. Now I'm training for something. I'm trying to do something. So let me be preacher cheesy here for a second and say, you and I are training for Christ-likeness. You and I are not trying to be perfect. You and I are not trying to be good humans. You and I are striving to be like Jesus. You and I are training to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. One day you will be in the literal kingdom of God. You, one day you will be standing before the holy king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are not trying to be a better human. You are training to be the person you one day will be. Train to be that person. The second thing that Paul will remind us and show us here is that there's a better indwelling. Here's what he says. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of, of Christ does not belong. You want to belong to Jesus? Take Jesus. Have Jesus. Accept that gift. Uh, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead, the body is dead. Your body, your physical body will decay because of sin. The spirit of life, uh, but the, of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit of, uh, through his spirit who dwells in you. Once you looked at Jesus and said, I'm done trying. I'm done trying to be perfect. I'm done pretending to be perfect. Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a wretched sinner. I fall short of your perfect standard. I accept that you lived the perfect life. You died in my place. You took all the condemnation. You took all the wrath that was meant for my sin. You took it on yourself. You died in my place. I accept that. What do you become in that very moment? Perfect. And so if God is going to send his spirit into you, he's not going to send his spirit to dwell in, to become part of, to rest in something that is imperfect. Why? Because then the perfect becomes imperfect. The only way for the spirit of God to dwell in you is for you to be in a perfect state. And so when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that very moment, here's the promise that seals the deal. You have the spirit. So the Spirit is proof that you have become a perfect person in the sight of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God is a game changer. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus. You and I have the Spirit of God. You either have the Spirit or you don't have the Spirit. There is no middle ground. There isn't, hey, some days I have it and some days I don't. Are you perfect in the sight of Jesus? Then if yes, praise God, you have the Spirit of God inside you. You have the Spirit of resurrection power living up inside of you. You have the promise that if the Spirit of God can raise Jesus from the dead, that you will rise. Your future is assured in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you have the Spirit of God. Resurrection power lives inside of you. And it's so great to see, hear this and have a smile. You should have a smile. I have a smile. Yes, 
But the question, does this matter in everyday life? So I, I went through my everyday life. Let me just point out a few things in everyday life and then just try to liken it to life with the Spirit for a second. In everyday life, last summer, my, my son and I, um, Brady is training training to be a football player. And uh, so we ran uh, two miles, 25 days-ish uh, straight. And uh, we were training for something. And while I was reading, uh, while I was running with him, I was listening to this book called uh, Embrace the Suck. It's by, a, it's by a, um, a Navy SEAL. So it's, you know, it makes sense. It's the Navy SEAL. And, uh, and one of the things he said is that you'll, you'll, you'll train, you'll hit a wall and you'll give up. You'll hit a wall and you give up. But when you, if you want to accomplish something, you're going to hit wall after wall after wall. And you have to learn to overcome those walls. And he said that, that when you hit a wall, you've only, you're only at 40% of your capability. You have to learn to blow through and embrace the hardship to get to what you're capable of doing. That, that first wall is only about 40% of what you can actually do. So I'm running with Brady and being like, don't give up. Don't quit. You're only at 40%. Keep going, right? And so training uh, everyday, everyday uh, life, if you will. The, the other thing uh, that I was reminded of of, um, of everyday life is uh, I do like to bake. I was just at Meet the Pastors uh, this past week with Graham. Uh, we had uh, 12 plus people. It was great. It was, we were all like talking and it was a great time. And they kept talking about baking. And so I was like, oh, did you guys know uh, that I'm an award-winning uh, baker? Uh, <laughs> according to a panel of my peers, uh, I am a second, I'm a second place uh, meddler uh, on the podium uh, for my cookies. Uh, and so Graham, uh, in front of everybody, I mind you, uh, then looks at me and he said, second place? That sounds like the first loser. Uh, and so uh, let's pray for Graham. Uh, no. uh, so I do, I do enjoy baking. It's a good hobby. And here's one of the things that frustrates me. I like products now. And you bake. And sometimes when I bake, I can get fixated on the goodness of what I'm tr what's trying to be made. And sometimes I can lose sight that there is goodness right before me. Because when this thing is filthy dirty, it is delicious. Because <laughs> about halfway through the baking process, before you get the final result, you got a little goodness. Now, your doctor would say there's poisonous eggs on this. But let me tell you, give me poisonous eggs all day long, because whatever's left on here is delightful. Uh, the other thing in everyday uh, life is I, when I'm focused on trying to be healthy, uh, I, I will have a smoothie. Now, there's different levels of smoke, uh, smoking. Um, yeah, there is, yeah. There's, that's true, too. Um, uh, there's different levels of healthy. And so I'll, I'll have this smoothie. I'll put, like, um, spinach in it and a bunch of fruit and some protein powders. I've showed you guys this before. And so uh, when I'm just somewhat focused, I'll, I'll make this. I'll drink it. I'll down it. It's great. When I'm really focused and I'm counting my calories, you know what I want? Every last drop. So I'll make this. And I'll be like, I only get 2,000 calories today. So I'll, I'll start licking all around it. And then I'll grab this. And I'll start scraping every last little ounce until it looks like this. Because I want every, I've counted every calorie that went in here. Now I want every calorie to come out. I don't want to pour any calories down the drain. This is everyday life for me. Can I let you know what everyday life looks like in the spirit of God? You're going to hit a wall someday. In Christ, you're an overcomer. Overcome. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. Can I, can I let you know that, yeah, we, it's easy to get fixated on what we are becoming in that finished product. That's easy. But can I remind you that there's good in front of you? 
that there's something about the process that is good and sweet. Don't lose sight of the person that you were becoming. Like, be, be that person now. Strive. Celebrate those little wins. Celebrate when you get a, a whatever this is called and, and you get chocolate and you have it on your face. Like, celebrate those moments where you're taking a step. Don't get lost in the, in the end product. Can, can, I, can I remind you that when you feel like, man, I don't have enough of Christ, I don't have enough of the Spirit, that there's times where we're pouring Jesus down the tubes, that we're pouring Jesus into the drain, where we, when we say, like, I, Jesus, I need more of you, you have all of Jesus. It starts, to, like, let's get every last drop of the Spirit because we need all of the Spirit, and all of the Spirit is there to be had by us. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter uh, 1. It says, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with what? Every. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The new you has everything you need for this life. If you do not feel blessed, if you do not feel like you have enough of Christ, you need to pour yourself in and fix your mind back on Jesus Christ because you have everything you need. You are an overcomer. When life feels dull, you've got Jesus. When you feel like you don't have enough, it's time to pull out the spatula and get more of Jesus because Jesus is there to be had. Here's a book I want to recommend. I'm going to give out two copies. If you come up at the end of this and see me while we're having Brazilian coffee, it's Francis Chan, Forgotten God. Um, it's a great book about the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that we have a Baptist doctrine. Okay, great, Baptist. But guess what else we have? We have a Holy Spirit power right, living up inside of us, don't we? So we're not going to squander what we have in the Spirit of God. This is a great book to learn what it means to walk in the Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you guys to grab a copy or buy one yourself. What have we said today? We've said that the new you is a better you. So what's better? We have better thinking. We have a better indwelling. We'll look at two things uh, two things more uh, next week. One of the values that I want to kind of close with to think about for a second is this, this value called uh, pursue community. One of the things we say is that uh, the people of God, it's good to be among the people of God, isn't it? It's good to hear that your neighbors say amen and be excited. It's good to hear that, man, there's something, there's something unique going on. It's good to be around each other. And one of the things we say in this value is to ask ourselves, do I have community that is what? Encouraging to my faith. Encouraging. It's encouraged me to, to keep on and to strive to be more like Jesus. To, 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 to take on Christ's likeness every single day. One of the things that uh, hit me is uh, a year ago, is, this, is kind of, this is last week was the, the year anniversary of, uh, of my grandfather's uh, passing. And so it was just kind of like a group text going on with me and the family and uh, just remembering uh, his life. And uh, at the same time, my Nana had some health stuff going on this week and uh, was really, really battling through some stuff and just struggling and just being uh, super discouraged with that. And uh, my mom with the stresses of just handling all aspects of life of being on the forefront and uh, on, I think it was like Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, I don't know, whatever day it was this week, uh, she had she had just, we were just talking and she was like, I got to tell you, somebody just like wildly encouraged your Nana. And I thought it was going to be something like earth shattering and like super profound. And they were at the doctors and uh, the stuff that was going on with Nana, she couldn't get her shoes on. 
And uh, so she had pink slippers on uh, at the doctor's office. And so she was in a wheelchair and uh, my, my mom rolled her uh, to like kind of like the, the edge of the parking lot. And, uh, and then went to get the car. And in, that mean, in the meantime, between my mom going to the, get the car and coming back to pick up my Nana, a gentleman walked out and just looked at her and said, hey, nice slippers. And uh, like made a joke about it. And my Nana, my Nana smirked. And they just like, chit-chatted for a second. And then he just said one little thing as he left. He said, have a nice day, young lady. And my mom said that when my Nana got in the car that she was a completely different person because somebody just made a passing comment that super encouraged her. And I knew about that. I actually knew about that before I flew. And um, so I guess it was a little bit ago. It was maybe three weeks ago. And uh, I knew about that when I flew. And so when I saw that lady reading the book, How to Talk with Strangers, you know what she did? She talked to a stranger. <laughs> and I had to take my earbuds off, and I had to, she was an older lady, and she's like, well, what do you do for a living? And that's always a, it's always a loaded question with me, because uh, you don't know how it's going to land. You're either going to be like, oh, praise, praise Jesus, or fart in a spacesuit, like, oh, cool. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pastor in New Jersey, and she just lit because her husband passed away two years ago and was a Methodist minister for many, many, many years. And she was struggling through being on her own without her husband. And my grandfather was a pastor. And, and in that moment, I was just like, I am talking to my Nana here on the plane. And I got the opportunity just to talk with her and hear her stories. And she told some wild prayer stories that were just really cool to see God moments and how God moves. And it was just like this beautiful, enriching conversation. And so I just wanted to close with the new you is a better you. Life isn't half empty. The new you with Jesus Christ is always glass half full because you have Jesus. And we can use our words to tear people down we can use our words to stay silent, or we can use our words to be on the forefront of encouraging one another with a simple word. And so that's my challenge to you this week, is if that new you is a better you, let's talk like it, all right? And so I challenge you just something super simple. Encourage somebody this week. Use your words to sit down and listen. Use your words to compliment somebody. Use your words to say like, hey, I understand that you just... Yeah, you failed again, okay. But Jesus gave you this moment to move forward. That new you can be better in the power of Jesus Christ. You don't have to, you don't have to condemn somebody and beat them down and beat them down and beat them down. But to love them and encourage them and then say, go and leave your life of sin. Walk in the presence of Jesus Christ. So I just want to encourage you this week and challenge you to intentionally have an encouraging conversation this week. Can you guys stand? Let me pray over us. God, I thank you for the spirit that is evident in this room. But Father, it's truly more important believing that your spirit is in this room, but Father, how much more, how much greater beauty is it that you would indwell 
sinful humanity because of the power of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, that you are in the individuals that have called on your name, that you are within us. Holy Spirit, as we go into this final song, would you, would you somehow use verbal and worship a song to impact us and to encourage our spirit? You are a God of encouragement. Father, would you give us eyesight and, and foresight and thinking to, whether it's after this experience as we have coffee or if it's, if it's sometime this week, Father, would you give us the, the foreknowledge and the, in, and the instinct to say, this is the person I'm supposed to encourage this week. And then give us the strength to em em embrace the awkwardness, Father, of having an encouraging conversation sometimes. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Let's sing.